Hello, everyone. So it says on my notes, Jean, smile. So I'm going to smile. <laughs> all right. Um, first of all, this is my first time. So please be patient. All right. I want to say, if you have ears, I want you to hear what the Spirit is going to speak today. It can be a very simple message, but the Spirit will give you a challenge and He will give you a message that is made for you for this season. All right? So let's start with um, what series have we been going on today for the past few weeks? Anyone know? Shout an answer. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we're doing the Love Revolution series. So we're trying to change the world by loving them. All right? And that's what we've been going through, you know, all the interviews, the ser sermons, the messages. And today we're going to talk about loving your neighbor. But before that, I'm going to show you some pictures, if I could. This is um, from a church in, where is it? Nazareth in Israel. Okay? It's a Catholic church. It's a nice, beautiful church, very, you know, unassuming. But you go inside. And what they've done is, can you see all those beautiful pictures? They've gotten artists from all over the world and given them the brief. And the brief is, we would like an art piece of Mother Mary and the infant Jesus. Okay? And everybody from different cultures and different backgrounds and different ways to portray Mother Mary and infant Jesus. And you've got all these different things. The brief was just the same thing. But then you can see, it's so varied in what you have. And these are just a few. There's one more slide, I think. And that's like the coolest one, I think. It's Croatia. And you can see that the kingdom of God is so diverse. There's so many different backgrounds. There's so many different creativity coming out from individuals. That is the kingdom that we want to bring here on earth. And that's why we're tying it with loving your neighbor. So we go back to the basics about love. And, oh, that's one from Thailand. That's quite cool, isn't it? I've never seen Mary Ma Mother Mary look like that, but that is so cool. So in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 29, Jesus is talking, and again, you know, you've got these uh, teachers of the law, they're coming and they're saying, oh, you know, I'm going to try and trap Jesus in all his words. So he comes around and he's, he, um, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus replied, well, what does the law of Moses say? You know, you're an expert of the law. How do you read it? And the man said, and this is quoting what Jesus said earlier, if you remember that when they asked him what the greatest commandment was, Jesus told them this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And then he added, love your neighbor as yourself. So this is what, they're just regurgitating what Jesus had said before. And so Jesus says, yeah, good. So do this and you'll live. And so this guy, he's being cheeky. He wants to justify his actions. He said, so who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Right. 
So Jesus has said very bluntly, the way to inherit eternal life, love God, love others. Sounds so simple. How many of you have already sorted this out? Wow, amazing guys, amazing. I, I can't say that I have because there are days I want to pull my hair out, all right? But we want to do things in Matthew seven twelve. It says, you do to others what you will have people do to you. For this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And basically, what he's saying, those hundreds and hundreds of commandments that were in the law and all the things that people had said in the Old Testament and all the things that we've been trying to learn to do, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, it all just boils down to this very essence. Do what you want others to do for you. If you want to be cheered up when you're feeling down, that's what you've got to do, you know. And it, it sounds really simple. It's not. It's not. But following Jesus is never really easy, is it? If you can say following Jesus is easy, then I think we need to pray for you <laughs> for some awareness, all right? Now, before we love people, we first need to know to receive love. How many of you know and know and know and know that God loves you? I'm so glad. And there are people who probably sort of know, and there are people who probably do not know. That's all fine. But we need to receive love before we can give love. So in the first John 4, 16, to 9, 16 and 19, it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. So whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And we love because he first loved us. We cannot love on our own capacity. Our love falls short. We can only love because he first loves us. And so you come to this, um, when you look at the cross, you've got this, this vertical line, right? And that is God loving us and we responding to his love. That's a straight line. But then on the cross, you've got these beam horizontally stretching out. So it's never just about me and God. But what happens when I love God and God loves me? We respond by loving the people around us. And that's the horizontal part of it. So if we love God and we know that we love God and we respond to God's love, this is a natural thing to do, to love others. And how can we know that God loves us and still not love people? Because that's God's heart, isn't it? So as we give, as we receive, we then give. So in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. I'm sorry, I love my Bible. So there are lots of verses. Write them down, read on them, and ask me questions if you do. Okay? Um, in Matthew 10, 10, verses 7 and 8, he says, As you go, he's sending people out. He's sending these apostles out. He says, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those with leprosy. Cast out demons. Freely you receive. Freely give. What did we receive? We received the gospel. We received the good news. 
And what's the good news? That God loves us so much that He paid for whatever price that we deserve just so that we can be with Him. That is love. That is a big, big love that we have received so freely. It's only right that we give it freely too. And if you see in that verse, it says, you know, preach, the kingdom of heaven is near. What are the things that we're doing to give love? We're healing the sick. We're raising the dead. God has given all these powers to be able to go to all the places that people need help and help them. So that is what we want to do. I mean, I want to do that. I'm not sure about you guys yet. We'll, we'll see. Right. When we talk about love, everyone knows love is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about fruits of the Spirit, we're meaning this is the evidence that the Spirit is in us. You know, you know a banana tree is a banana tree when you see the bananas on the tree, right? It doesn't come up with apples, hopefully. And so we know that we're in the Spirit if we have love. So the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. But what is the evidence of love? So love is the evidence of the Spirit in us. What is the evidence of love in our life? So God himself showed the most practical definition of love. Giving. John 3.16. You should all know this by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever be believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God so loved us that he gave. And if you look in Hebrews 12, verse 2, he said, looking at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. Jesus went through all of these things. So God loves us, sends Jesus into the world. And then Jesus, because he loves us so much, he says, I'll do this. I will get beaten. I will take on all these shame. I will take on all these pain. If you've seen the Passion of the Cross, wow, that's, that's just a depiction of what God had to endure just for me, just for you. And God looked at all of that and he saw us being with him. He saw at the end of this, if I do all of these things, there is no excuse for my creation to be with me. And that joy was the reason he did it all. His joy was you and I. His joy, he was willing to do it all because he loved you so much. You are the joy set before him. So knowing that, we know, you know, God loved, so he gave. So how do we love others? By giving. We give freely. So how do we give? It's not just taking money out of your pocket. We give our love by acts of kindness. We give our love by praying. We give our love by encouraging. We give our love by a hug. We give our love in ways that people need it. We see a need, we fill the need. 
And it sounds really simple, but it's actually really practical. Giving to others shows them, hey, I see you. I love you and I care for you. Here, have this. You need it. And what does that mean to the person? Say, oh, yeah, that person loves me. Didn't just shout over me or, you know, jump around me, but actually saw me and came to where I am and helped me. So we give freely. We also need to do, um, we need to love people in the language of the receiver. So what that means is, I can speak to Gladys in Cantonese. Would she understand me? She doesn't understand Cantonese. So she doesn't understand me. All right? It makes no difference what I tell her because she's not going to be able to accept that. If you see someone sitting on the side of the road crying her heart out, there's no use throwing her, you know, here, have a book. That's good for you. The person's crying. Maybe she needs a hug. Maybe she needs prayer. Maybe she just needs someone to listen to her. We've got to be in the language of someone who's receiving it. Otherwise, what's the point in that? Love is a transaction. It's not something I just throw onto someone. It's something that has to be received for it to be effective. So it's language of the receiver. And I always say this because people have always said, oh, you have no idea what I've done and they've scammed me and they're evil. And Well, keep in step with the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit is love. But He also gives you discernment to be able to expose and to sort out things that are hindering a loving, healthy relationship. Because that's what we want. We want to have a relationship with others. And we don't want to have a relationship where someone is just sapping it out of you or taking things for granted or being abusive or toxic. But we want the Spirit to discern. It doesn't mean that if a person has done something bad to you, that he doesn't deserve love. It just means that we need to find a way to give that person love in a discerning way with the wisdom. All right? But what is stopping us from loving people? We've heard how, what love is. We love why we love. We love because God loves us. But what is stopping us? What stops us from loving the person down the street? So I think there are a few things. The first thing is, we haven't really received God's love. Sometimes you feel... You know, I'm trying to love this person. I just cannot. I want you to really ask yourself, do I, do I know God's love? Do I know that he really loved me so much from the moment Adam and Eve had a wrong choice that they made at Eden? God had orchestrated this whole plan so that God could come in the form of Jesus to take all our sins, past, present, and future, to take it on that cross so that we don't have to suffer that. Do you know that? Do you hear it in your heart? Are you convinced that God loves you so much? He's taken everything you've ever done 
so that you can be with him. And if you haven't, and the Spirit has spoken to you, there is no shame. There is nothing that, you know, we're going to all look at you, oh, you've come to church. No, there's nothing like that. All we want to know is if that is that conversation between you and God, and you can respond to this, and we will have that time later. What else stops us from loving others? Sometimes we don't have any, you know, um, big problems. We know God loves us, but we just can't love. We just can't. Why is that? So that's the other challenge, whether you need to look inside your heart and see, have you forgiven yourself? Are there things in your heart that you're not able to love because they're holding us back? Have you loved yourself? We sometimes fill ourselves with so much of guilt, so much of condemnation, so many things that just weigh us down that we don't have that capacity to then give out to others. And if that is something that Spirit speaks to you, we'll talk about this in a minute. But all that condemnation and all that guilt was dealt with on the cross. And if that is something that you have and you struggle with, we're going to lay it at the cross later on. And you'll be free with a big capacity to love and be that channel of love to the people around you. You are loved. There is no condemnation in the cross. He loves you. So is it when you're struggling to give love, is because you're struggling to receive it? Now, the third thing that I think is also a reason we stop loving or we can't love. If there is envy or offense in our hearts. Oh, you don't know what that person's done to me. I've had to deal with this all my life. Oh, you know, that kind of people, they're, they're no good. The offense is an unmet need or expectation. You thought that this person or this um, type of people have done something to you that you don't deserve. Offense is when there is a difference between the expectation of what each party brings to each other. So if there is sometimes you have a chip on your shoulder, ask God, what is this chip on my shoulder? Why am I acting like this? Why am I not giving love to everyone that I should? Maybe there's something we need to search in our hearts and lay at the feet and ask God to help us to forgive us. So kingdom love is what we want to do. Kingdom love is counterculture love. That sounds quite cool. Um, it's, it's basically going against what love culture is in the world. And what's the love culture in the world? Me, myself. Oh, you don't love me if you don't do this. If you really love me, you will do this. Or they say things like, Oh, I need to practice self-love. I just, I can't deal with you right now. I know you've got struggles and needs, but I've got to put myself first first, you know. That is all very self-absorbed self, um, love. But the kingdom of God, we don't have that kind of love. So it's, our mandate is agape love. So we know types of loves, right? We've heard of 
um, Philadelphia city of brotherly love. So filio is a kind of brotherly love. It's like people who have connection. Oh, all the Pompeii fans. Or, oh, we are all the girls that, you know, go out hanging out together. We, we've got certain characteristics. We've got certain things that, you know, bring us together. And it's not a bad thing. Brotherly love. Yeah? We've got other things like eros, which is the, the lustful, sensual love. And it's all about the body. It's all about your senses, what you see, what you hear, what you um, um, touch, and what you smell. All right? You've got storge love. Anyone heard of that? And it's parental love. It's a parent and child love. How you love your parents, how you love your children. So all these things, they're not bad things, but that's not our mandate, is it? All these things are very emotion-based. It means something only if you look like me or you're in a certain group like me. These things are, you know, if you are something that I have a connection with or you look good in my eyes. But God's not saying to do that. They're not bad love, but they're not the kind of love that we want. These kinds of love, they're very reversible. So today I could love you, love you. I love Susan. And then tomorrow, oh, she's wearing that color. Don't even look at me. You know, it, that is a very reversible, very emotional base, and it changes. But God's not telling us to have changeable love. He's saying love anyway. If they're smelly, if they're ugly, if they're fat, if they're cold, if they're tired, if they're old, it doesn't matter. Love them anyway. And that's what God wants us to do. So in John 13, 34, Jesus is telling people and say, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you love one another. And who did Jesus love? Who were his apostles? We had tax collectors. We had terrorists, the zealots. We had, you know, all kinds of people who I wouldn't necessarily associate with on a day-to-day -day basis. But Jesus loved them. And he said, go and love others the same way I loved you. That is something that, you know, it is a challenge. Now, one thing that, um, so I was listening to um, a video from this um, James McManus. And he said something very powerful. And that's from Romans 13, verse 8. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Love is a debt that I will never pay off. Love is the only debt that I don't ever want to pay off. I'm going to keep owing people love and keep filling it and filling it and filling it. That is the kind of thing that we need to have, the mindset, mindset and, and reasoning that we need to have. That is a debt I will never pay off. So for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in a statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We still haven't answered who our neighbor is. And I just wanted to bring that right at the end. Because I think until you get to where, where we are in love, who we love, why we love, then there's no point bringing up who, you know, the neighbor is. I wanted to say about how sometimes things can be quite unfair. David 
Remember David? He was anointed by God to be king. And the old king didn't want to let him go. Wanted to kill him instead. He was paranoid, wasn't he? He was like, oh, I'm going to kill David. He's trying to take my throne. And David ran away. He had every right to be king. He ran away. He went into a cave. And then he saw Saul, the king, who wanted to take his life. And so David had an opportunity then. He had all his people with him. It's like, oh, we're going to get him. The Lord has given him into your hands. You know, this is your time. And guess what? David said, no, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Now, I'm not going to be, you know, taking spears and, and hitting people. But have I attacked someone with the words I've said? With the behavior that I've had? Have I snided someone away? Have I, you know, closed my eyes when people were in pain? Have I done something when people needed me, I've ignored them, walked away? I don't ever want to do that. So that's something that I want to always think about. That is something that I always want to pursue. I want to owe nothing except to love one another. When King David became king, and he was going to this uh, city, and this guy is really angry, and he was cursing the, the king to his face. Oh, you, we will never do that to our king. But he was going all on it and he was like, you're awful, your people are awful, we're going to curse you, curse your family, you're terrible. And of course, David's bodyguards there standing saying, yeah, we're going to get rid of you, you know, secret service on the job. And David said, no. He said, who asked your opinion? He said, if the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Sometimes people are going to offend you. Sometimes people are going to make you angry. But we don't know whether that is what God is using to make us aware, to know something else that needs to be arrested in us. We don't know that. We don't have a right to dictate what other people do. We only have what we have within us and to respond to them. It's about responding in love despite all of things. So even if, it is, even if it is the most unfair thing, I've heard stories in my, in my work where people are vile. They've done such horrible things. And I think, you know, if I'm in that position, could I really forgive them? Could I love them the same way? But you know what? God said, it's not our place to decide. We just love anyway. Yes, we use wisdom. We stay away if they're being violent to us. We notify the authorities if we need to. David didn't go and confront Saul and just lie down and say, yeah, you're trying to kill me. Why don't you just do it now? He ran away because he knew that he had a plan and a purpose. But that doesn't mean that we don't love them anyway. And that's really one big challenge that we have when we're loving our neighbor. So who is our neighbor? On the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus was saying, Oh, you know, you've heard it was said, love your enemy, hate your, uh, love your neighbors, hate your enemy. And he was talking about in Leviticus, there is a verse, 19:18. if you want to know. Um, you shall not take vengeance or hold any grudge against the sons of your people, but you should love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. 
But then somehow along the way, where you've got all these people, you know, taking the context and trying to preach and things like that, it just sort of gets to like, what's a neighbor? You know, the classification is a bit not very clear. So he said, do we do traitors count? They're not very neighborly. How about foreigners? Because they're not really next to us. They're sort of away. How about people who bully us and do things to us? So then it became a more hate your enemy. But then if you look in that same chapter, Leviticus, further down in verse 33 and 34, it says, when a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall do him no wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourselves. For you are strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Jesus used that instead and said, you know, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as the children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. We've got no right to decide who gets what. Our job is simple. Love them. So, there was um, a thing about neighbors being our enemies and tax collectors. You know that very famous controversial thing that God said, if, you know, someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And you'll be thinking, oh, wait a minute, am I going to be a doormat? You know, is, you know, am I just going to let people walk all over me? But you know what? He was talking about things like the tax collectors and the Roman soldiers in those days. So, Roman soldiers would do patrolling. They carry their backpacks. They go walking around. And they would just, you know, feel tired or just feel like bullying someone. They'd say, okay, you pick up my backpack. Go with me. I'm going for patrol. And most of the time, they'll just do it because, you know, these Roman soldiers are big and scary. What happens on a Sabbath? They're not supposed to be carrying these things. And they'll be like, you've got a choice now. Are you going to refuse? If you love God, and you know that God loves that Roman soldier, all your traditions and everything is second to the greatest commandment, which is love God and love others. And that's the difference that we have to be. So God is gracious to all. He loves all of us, and he gave his son for all of us. So we have no right to deny the kindness or the love to other people. Because Jesus has already loved them and given his life for them. I'm just going to conclude with this. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Because even the tax collectors, do they not do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Because even the Gentiles, do they not do the same? Therefore, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We're not decent or good human beings. We're something more. We're the children of the Most High God. We have an amazing relationship with our God. And perfect in here is telios, and it means complete. It means full, like a fully aged man. You're complete in your mental and your moral character. And when you say that, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. How many of you want to be like that? More mature, fully developed, not being a little baby who's not knowing things. So I've got three questions for you. 
And I just, I don't need you to jump around. I don't need anything fancy. I just want to ask, do you really know God's love? Do you really know that the God of heaven and earth loves you so much that he has made a way for each and every one of us to be with him? And that is free. There is no sacrifices needed. You don't have to bring a goat. This is just for you if you want it. And if you want that, respond to him. And we're going to pray in a minute for that. And I'll encourage all of you, if you have received that Christ and that love in your heart, we'll pray it together. But I'm going to talk about the second one. You find it hard to love others. And we spoke about the things that can stop us from loving others. Maybe you haven't really understood God's love in your heart. Maybe it's because you can't forgive yourself for something. Or you can't love yourself. You don't think you deserve love. And if that is something that you have and you struggle with, we want to bring that to the altar today. And if you have offense, people who have been hurt by different people, different tribes, different anything, these are things that we want to lay at the altar as well. To let it go so that we can fully embrace God's love and then love others. And the third thing I want to say is for every one of us, what's your next level? What's your next step in loving? Yes, we're doing a great job. We're faithful. We're loving people. What else can God show you that you can expand in this and be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect? So we've got three things to think about. I just want you to just close your eyes. For the first one. God loves you. He gave his life so that he can be with you. And all you have to do is respond to him. You cannot have peace if you're missing a peace. And that peace is Jesus. If that is something that you want to do today, and that might be the first time, but it may be also the time that you actually mean it. I want you to raise your hands as an act of faith to God. Thank you for that. Let's pray. I want you to follow after me. Dear God, Thank you that you love me. Thank you that despite my bad, you came to write it. You came to give your life for me. I am sorry for everything I've done. That kept me away from you. Forgive me. I receive you. As Lord of my life. And I thank you for this gift. In Jesus name. Amen.
And if later you want to come to the front, we can pray with you, we can support you. Now, for the second one, for people who find it hard to love others, you've got something that's inside of you that's just this huge weight. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to put your hands up. It's just between you and God. I want you to just set that right out. Speak. I, I, I always say you have to open your mouth and declare it because otherwise you are not showing that this is what you mean business with. So speak. You don't have to shout out loud, but just between you, if there's any unforgiveness, if there's any pain that's been holding you back, some offense, just have a few moments of just thinking about it and laying it at, your, at, at the cross, surrendering it to God and letting him heal you and fill you with his spirit. Father, we just thank you that you've revealed these things to us so that we can lay it at your feet. We yield and surrender to you. Holy Spirit, you take this away from us and fill us with your spirit. Help us to love as you love. Help us to love ourselves because you love us. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name. And for the last one, what is our next step? I'm just going to spend some time praying. Holy Spirit, just reveal to us how much we can love others. We want to be you. We want to embrace people of every background, of every tribe and every culture, from the youngest to the oldest. Lord, we want to embrace them as you would. We want to see as you see them. Give us your heart of love, Lord. We want to know, Lord, how to be the person who gives them freely. Show us your way and your wisdom so we can attend to their needs in the way that they understand. And give us your wisdom to expose things that are hindering loving, healthy relationships. We thank you because you are such a great and loving God and we want to be just like you. We want to be limitless in our love. Thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's still some time if you want just for prayer. If you want to come to the front, there will be a prayer team at the front just to minister, to support you in prayer. If there are things that you want to confess, you want to stand by, just come to the front. Otherwise, we have tea and coffee downstairs. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>